the um, Debbie just phrased something I was going to phrase, so it was awesome. So just the whole God is for us. The Bible says he will never leave us, never forsake us. And um, everything he's been doing here, that what I just said encapsulates around what he's doing. And so everything I say today, everything I say next week, um, I would hope you would hear and I hope your reality would be that everything he does, he does because he loves us. Everything he does is for our own benefit. Everything that he would actually put his finger on is to show us where we're truly at so then we can turn and come into a greater reality of him. Everything, please hear this, everything that God allows us to go through, things he wants to put our finger on, is for our benefit, our, our life, the, produce, the, um, the, the transformation of Christ's life within us. And so everything I say today, that is the lens that I want you to see through and hear through. Because I'm going to talk about what is the true state of our hearts. What is the true state today of our hearts? One of those words that we've had was that God would reveal what's in our hearts. So why would a loving father want to reveal to us what is truly within our hearts? Because the things that are in our hearts that aren't of him hold us back. The things that are in our hearts that aren't of him control us, limit us. And the enemy loves to come and press those things as well to keep us in a form of struggle or bondage or some form of being in chains. So everything that the Father does is for our benefit because his love is so beautiful. It has to come. It has to. He was so compelled to come into the stinking earth and actually get up on a cross, then die and rise again, come again and will come again. He's compelled to act because of love because that's what love does. Love is compelled. It's obsessed with seeing others experience love. And it goes beyond what's reasonable to ensure that people can experience that type of love. And so I want to just say it again. Everything that you hear today, the questions that I believe the Holy Spirit will ask you, hear through the lens of He has your best interests at heart and you can and I can fully trust Him with everything. What I've learned is that I wasn't too flash at trying to control or lead my life. Anyone else discovered that yet? Some of us got a long way to go. It's the greatest place to realize the day you let go of your life is really when freedom really starts. When you give him the steering wheel, the reins, whatever you want to call it, the control, and you submit and hand it over to him and say, it is yours, is a great day. It's the day that true life can start to the fullness of what he's come to do. Think about this. Is he perfect? Is he loved? Does he make mistakes? Does he lie? 
Is he the creator? Why wouldn't you trust that person with your life? Are you all those things? Am I? No. So who do you think would be better to control one's life? Me or the creator? The creator. So question is what is the true state of our heart? And next week I'm going to talk about seeing from the heart. You see, God has to do a work in our hearts so then we are able to see from our heart. How do you know when people are seeing and hearing and understanding, Jesus said, start in the heart. The heart is the spiritual. So if we've got stuff in our hearts, how many people realize it's quite hard to see? It's actually quite hard to hear. It's extremely, almost impossible to understand in the spirit what is being said. If we've tried to understand, hear, or see in the physical and the flesh this book, it'll lead you crazy places. If we've tried to see, hear, and understand the prophetic booklet in our flesh, that'll take you to a wrong place. We will read those those prophetic scriptures and go over there when we should have gone over there. We'll have a wrong mindset that will establish wrong language and wrong language establishes wrong actions because what you think you speak. What you speak, you will live out. That's why the power of the tongue, if you speak death over your life, you hear it, it'll kill you. It'll kill those around you because what you speak is living. It has a heartbeat. That's why Jesus says, be careful what you say. So hearing, seeing, understanding starts in the Spirit. If there is stuff, that he needs to do a work on, circumcision of the heart through the power of the Spirit, not through my mind, my way of trying to get that done, but the power comes, the Spirit comes and does an authentic work in our hearts, which then releases us from those things and literally propels us into a dimension of the Spirit within us. So the question again, the true state of our heart today. Why? Because he wants us living so set apart from the ways and the culture of this planet to be disconnected from it and then to be attached to him and his ways and then to come back and live on the planet being the demonstration of the realm that you're from. Yeah? A life of abundance. Now I'm not talking about financially. That may come. I'm talking about in the spirit. I'm talking about living from a joy and a peace and a righteousness and a gentleness and a kindness that others look to and are completely flawed by. So what is the true state of our heart? This week I got reprimanded by Madeline. Generally I make the lunches at home. And uh, I put an orange in her lunchbox that looked fine on the outside. So I picked it up. I had a look. I thought, that looks okay. They all look fine. Put it in the lunchbox. When I got home, Dad, yes, honey, did you make my lunch today? Uh, Was it good? (laughs) Well, everything was good apart from the orange. Why is that, sweetheart? Because the orange was off. I opened it up, I peeled it back and I opened up the orange and the orange had brown stuff in it. Why did you give me that? (laughs) 
Well, severely sorry, honey, I didn't know. Well, it was and it was off and I didn't eat it. But from the outside, the orange looked fine. This orange looks completely fine. Feels fine. But if I started to unpeel it, what would be like on the inside? You see, it's easy. Jesus said this, you guys, you polish the outside of the cup. You're great at polishing the outside, but the inside... Oh yeah. Out of, from the heart, the mouth speaks. See, behavior is your true indication of what's really in the heart. You can say ABC to your blue in the face, but your behavior will actually be apparent and will be in front of everyone to see. See, really, behavior is the demonstration of a true heart position. What's there will come out. You can try and fake it. You can try and act it, but at some point, especially when pressure is applied, it comes out. And when it's out, it's out. Whoa! Really? Didn't know that was there. And once again, the Father loves us, and that doesn't separate you from the Father, but if you will not acknowledge that and continue to live with that, then that will limit you in who he's trying to build in you and what he wants to do through you. You see, the rich young ruler, God is just unpacking this like nothing before. And I'm writing and writing and writing. I'm up to about 25, 30 pages of writing stuff. So he thought he was doing a lot of cool things, right things. I've done A, B, C. I've done all this thing. But when Jesus went straight for the jugular and said, you know what? I can see your true heart state. I love the fact that it says he loved him. You see, it's love that will take you to that place. See, love, when love is in you, you're compelled to speak the truth. You are compelled to be a voice of truth no matter what the cost. No matter what the cost. You will go motivated by love because you know how phenomenal love truly is within you. And when you truly have that, you truly love and you will put yourself in a position which could get you shot. He was running the risk of being broken relationship. Does he love the man? See, have we, have we loved to the point where maybe relationships get broken because you love so much you know you have to share something that runs the risk of someone walking away because they don't understand or they'll deny it or in fact they'll turn around and point the finger at you and blame you. And you're the victim but actually you'll be made to look like it's your fault. See, Jesus loved us so much, he went straight into the middle of the greatest religious spirit on the planet at the time and stood in the middle of it and said, he was killed because he spoke truth, not because he did miracles. He stood for the truth. That's what got him killed. Now, it was already forewritten. But see, when love is within you, you are compelled to go to places that will get you killed by those that say they love. See, what's the true state of our hearts? Because that's not to be, is it? That is not to be the reality. If Chris comes to me and he says, brother, I've got something to share with you. It doesn't matter. What's the true state of my heart? And it's something I don't understand. Will I actually sit there and listen? Do I have a humility and the love of my heart that will sit there and listen? 
even if it's a rebuke, because even if, it's, if it is a rebuke, it's for me. Has he come to help me because of what's in him? But see, if I've got stuff in my heart, if I've got pride and arrogance and I know it all, you know what comes out? Pride and arrogance and I know it all. Who do you think you are? And it's love coming towards me. It's for me. The Father uses people mainly to speak, to come to. Does you do a work like this? And yet, I've just repelled the very thing that's for me. Interesting, eh? Come with me to Matthew thirteen fifteen. Matthew thirteen verse fifteen. You know what Christians are really good at? Keeping busy to avoid the real thing. And we'll even use his name and his stuff to do it. I'm just so busy for Jesus, doing a whole lot of stuff. Yeah, and Jesus is going, yeah, yeah, I know it's all good, but actually, you know what, maybe 90% of it I'm not even asking you to do. But anyway, I want to do this work in your heart. No, 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 I've got A, B, C to get to. I've got this meeting and that meeting and that meeting. No, no, that's all good. Why don't you just drop that for a minute and come and sit here with me because I want to talk to you about this, which is in your heart, and it's stopping you. No, I haven't got time to do that. You know what, I've got to go over here. Do I, Yeah, I know you're telling me that, but would you come and rest? Because I can see something that you're actually keeping busy so you never have to address it. I know so many followers who are experts at this. Leaders, followers, followers, leaders. And I reckon it breaks him because he sits there going, you know what? You say X, but it's not my will. It's my name, but it's not my will being done. I want to do this in your life because I see your true heart position. But I've kept the commandments. He says, whippy. I see your true heart state. It's irrelevant. And I want your true heart state, so I'm going to knock on it. Will you give me your true heart state? You rich young ruler. We're going to unpack this so much. So let's stop using busyness because Martha was busy, and I've said this, doing a truckload of stuff she was never asked to do. And he's saying, Martha, why don't you come and sit? No. The sandwiches have to be made. The coffee has to be done. I'm cooking the cake. And by the way, can you get my sister to get off her chuff and actually start helping me? No. Come and sit down and let me deal with the real issue of why you're anxious and worrying. Because that's what he says to her. Martha, you anxious about many things. The church is anxious about many things. Why? Because we have not yet given him the reins of our lives. We have not yet come into a, a measure of him where we're still trying to control the outcomes. And when he's saying, will you surrender? Please surrender to me. Because it is the best for you. But until we learn to surrender... 
we will never enter into the fullness of life he came to bring. See, this is what we have to realize. There's only one way to this life, and it is through Christ, his way. And yet so often, I meet so many people that are trying to go around his way. And then they take a whole lot of other people around his way, and we start whole movements of these people. And so now you've got this multiple fractured church, because everyone's trying to go the other way. There's about a hundred ways, but he says there's only one way. So even, yes, one way to to God, but this is way bigger than that. There's only one way to the fullness of coming into this life. And so that's why he comes. He says, it's my way, not your way. Your thinking isn't mine. And I need to touch this thing that's truly in your heart. And there could be multiple things in a heart. Why? Because I have so much for you, but I'm not going to give it to you while you're in this state. Why? Because it would kill you. He is so smart. And yet we turn around and we blame him for stuff. He's going, oh, the only reason I'm not giving you this is because it would kill you. And then you would kill others. So I am a loving father who that would be stupidity to. Danielle and I do not reward Madeline and Lily for bad behavior. You're stupid if you do. You are setting yourself up for a failure. The child will learn at an early age, oh great, I get blessed for being a rat bag. How cool is that? doesn't matter how I behave, I still get blessed. That's what we're like with him. I want to be able to act the way I want to act, do what I want to do, and then I demand blessing. And it's only for the fact that his love is so incredible that he doesn't go, little ant. <laughs> See, his love cannot give. He cannot give because he's, it would, wouldn't be love. And that's why he says, I want to deal with these things and I want to rip them from you once and for all so you can be set free. Matthew 13, 15, I'll read this real quick. For the heart of this people has become dull. With their ears they scarcely hear and they've closed their eyes. Otherwise they would see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and return and I would heal them. 16. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. So as we know, we've been given the Spirit to see, see, hear, and understand, but things are in our hearts. If we are truly saying one thing like, yes, Lord, I love you with all my heart, but the reality is, the reality is that we don't, then there is an outworking of that reality. There's a realm. Let me give you an example of this. My mum, and I asked her if this was okay, she said yes. Two weeks ago, my mum calls me up, and she'd listened to one of the messages and through the message, she wasn't praying, she was outside doing the gardening. God just spoke clearly to her. Bang. You have loved your husband, Alan, more than me. And it just hit her like a, lumber, blah, a lightning bolt. Boom. You loved Alan while he lived more than me. You know what she did? 
she started to weep and weep and weep and repent. And she calls me up on the phone. I can hardly understand her. Is that you, Mum? <laughs> and she starts to unpack with me the fact that God had shown her that actually, you know what? You didn't love me with all your heart, so you'd love your husband, Alan. But today's the day that he chooses to reveal something. Now, she then shared this into the life group because we've been my mum in from outer space. We have, uh, she's in Auckland, my mum, if you don't know, and we Skype her into our life group, our discipleship group. So she's on the big screen. Everyone walks in, says hi to her on the screen on the network and then takes their feet and the way she goes and then it's really crazy because there'll be silence and then you'll hear this voice appear and everyone's like, oh, that's right, it's my mum. It's all good. And so... Um, so she started, she started to share. And I just watched as other people who know that they have other things in their heart. They know. Just started to receive living testimony. See, living testimony is the testimony that has power behind it. Because it's living, active, it has a heartbeat, and it comes and the Holy Spirit takes it and starts working on others. Then I see three people start to God starts, the Holy Spirit's working on these people. We, we had a phenomenal time of ministry two weeks ago in our discipleship group and people are just confessing their true state because the environment's safe. Love covers and it's okay to actually take off the mask and be real because he knows you're leaking stuff all over the place anyway and so why don't we just get real and admit it because we can all see it. And it's truly phenomenal what's been happening just in two weeks of doing that. Other people getting pictures. One guy rings me up and we, we, we'd fasted for this night and, and he rings me up and this person was sort of coming and going, coming and going. And he says, I reckon we should fast again. <laughs> this is the morning of life group. I think we should fast again. I'm like, who are you and what have you done with person X? And so we put that out and you know, he'd seen this, this picture and it, was, it could have gone in the booklet. That's how amazing it was. And so here's my mum and she's saying this thing that's releasing something into the group, into the people there. And then it dawned on me it was this. This is awesome and this is truly cool. But my mum has lived because she gave her life to the Lord at 47. My dad, uh, she, she's just realised this now. She, she's She's 72. And so for you do the math, however long that is to where that is, she's thought she's been in a reality. She hasn't actually been in it. She would have told you she loved God with all her heart, soul, mind, and she understands that, but the reality is she didn't, which means she wasn't living in the reality that she thought she was, but she was in her reality. Are you tracking with me? So she's lived 20 plus years in her reality thinking she's been in God's reality. This is how phenomenal this love is. Is that you can say one thing and not be able to demonstrate and live it out but his love is still there and his love is still there because he wants to bring you into that reality that's his. But if we're not seeking, knocking and asking, guess what never happens? You don't know that you're not looking for a new car if you don't go looking for a new car. You're just happy with the one you've got. 
And so my mum was in a reality, not really in his reality, but in her reality, thinking she was in his reality. You see, there is a realm within us to come into which truly is phenomenal. And this is what we've been talking about. But if our hearts have stuff in it, and this is what's literally what God's saying to the rich young ruler, he said, I need to have, firstly, the God that's still sitting on that throne, which is you. And the reason why, the reason you actually love possessions and money and all these things, and there's more to it, and I won't go into that of what wealthy actually is, is because actually you're still the God of, on your throne. So you have idols because you're still God. And I want to be God. There's a double whammy going on for him. But because he loved that so much, he walks away. And he should have walked too. But he walks away. And God showed me this picture at Mountain Movers last Sunday night of someone, I don't know who it was, of going into an MRI scan. And they were going in and having the scan. And in this picture, I just, you know, it, sh- it showed in, my, in, in this picture I had was obviously that the purpose of an MRI scan is to, sh- is to show what's going on inside. You can't detect, I don't know whether you've detected, I put my back out on Friday and I was in agony on Friday, I couldn't move and I can still feel it but you not, might not be able to detect what's going on right now in my back when my back's giving me a bit of jip. But you might not know that. You see, an MRI scan detects what's truly going on inside. And this is what I saw. I saw this person, what was going on inside. And we prayed into that, and I asked people to come forward, and we had about 25 people here just on their knees, repenting of stuff, weeping, praising him. See, where your treasure is, your heart will be. Think about that. What we truly love is where you will find your heart. Birds of a feather flock together. You find people that have the same treasure flock together. Those that love money, they hang out with people that love money. Not necessarily anything wrong with what I just said, as long as he has your heart. Nothing wrong with getting up and watching football games at 4 o'clock in the morning. Nothing wrong with enjoying and celebrating that, as long as it doesn't have your heart. Nothing wrong with getting married and having children. Enjoy that as long as these people don't have your heart. Because then you're trying to live through them. And you know who you'll be? You'll actually be someone that smothers them and cripples them rather than releases them because you find your identity in them and not in me. So what is it that defines us? Is it a position? You've heard as a staff, we're going through a transition. We're going through this as a community. Is our positions what define us? I'll tell you right now, I'm part of this whole transition, I put my hand up, said, I'm the first one to go, if that's what the Lord wants. I'm not here for position title, and I will still be part of this community. I'll be working wherever part of the community functioning out of my gift. It may look different to what it is now, but I'll still be here. Why? Because I'm not defined by a position. I'm defined by Him. I'm not defined by money or giftings or ministries or A or B or C. 
That's ultimately what he's trying to do in our hearts, guys, is get rid of all that stuff so we're all defined and truly built on him. So when he wants to change A, B, C, D, he can because it's a free heart, not a hand that's holding onto that stuff for survival. And I've seen plenty of that in ministry where people don't have him as their Lord. It's not truly their actual cornerstone. So they hang on to a position or a title or the finances. You know what it does? It causes chaos and nobody wins and no one is glorified and the enemy sits there and laughs. Why? Because we've got stuff in us that we've never dealt with, that we've never given over to, and the enemy comes and he will use it as a weapon. What would the scan reveal about what or who we truly love? Now remember, how did I frame this right at the start? Everything I am saying is defined through the Father loving you unconditionally because he wants the best for you. So if you would go through an MRI scan, if we were to do an audit right now of all of our lives, and we were put in those machines, what would the report come back looking like? Who would truly be at the center and the core of our heart? Where your treasure is, Greg, there you will find the heart. This is where everyone starts to get a bit squeamish. Everyone starts looking at their watch. Everyone starts to go, oh, it's getting a bit hot in here. Please don't take off your clothes, okay? There's a song. Sorry, that's my personality. It's getting hot in here, okay? Let's keep moving on. But see, this is where the rubber meets the road. Can we be real honest? Okay? This is what the rich young ruler couldn't handle. Okay? This is what, he, it's what Jesus does. Remember, love is compelled to come and confront, stand in front of the one it loves, and actually give it a clear perspective of what it sees. I am the x-ray expert and I see what's truly there and I've come to, one, tell you to help you because you come to me and I'll give you rest. You give me this thing, I give you me. Why? Because I love you, died for you, want to see you inherit the fullness of my inheritance. But it will cost you. It's not just something for free and you can't define it. It must be defined my way. If you will not define it my way, you will never come into the truth of my way. You'll find counterfeits. You'll find a multitude of people promoting, selling counterfeit models. They're out there in the Christian world. You can find them, turn on your telly, you'll see them. But it's not me. And it will not have my life on it. And you will always wonder why you're running around doing this thing, but not in the life that this thing promises. Because it's not the real deal. Okay? So, the question again, what would the scan reveal about who we truly love? Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 10, 37-39. He who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves a son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Who And he who has... Sorry, he who has found life, his life will lose it. And he who has lost his life for my sake will find it. That's pretty challenging right there, isn't it? That's really challenging to every heart right now that hasn't yet fully 
transitioned over into giving Jesus their full heart. It's not a negative, it's not a bad thing. He understands. He understands the pull, he understands the natural, but he's not from the natural, he's from the spiritual. He's not from a physical lineage, he's from a spiritual lineage. So Jesus even demonstrated this reality when he said, that lady's not actually my mother and those two guys aren't my brothers. It's these people over here that I haven't even met yet but I'm seeing in their heart they're doing my will. They're my brother, my sister, my mother. So He's living from another dimension communicating this thing because he wants to bring the church into his dimension. That's what we're supposed to be, aliens on this world, being disconnected from the world, connected into the kingdom which is within you and then re-sent back into the world. It happens while you're here living. That's what happens when it means born again, born of the Spirit. You come more into the Spirit. You start living from the Spirit. You get disconnected from the flesh. It's actually flesh, guys. To love your son, mother is flesh. It's flesh. It's from another realm. We think it's normal. It's not. It is not his way. He wants to reattach it, reconnect it, put it back. Then you can have a love from the Father for these people which will literally release them into his dimension and realm. It's phenomenal. Apart from that, you can still be sucking your life out of them. It's hard to hear, but it's the truth. It is the truth and we have to allow him to do his work. This is just one scripture where he states it. It's everywhere if you've got eyes to see, ears to hear, to understand it. We're from the heart because the Holy Spirit has brought you, Holy Spirit's job to lead you into all truth, into this realm where? In your heart, in the spirit first, which then renews the mind to this thinking, which means you're actually able to live it out. Because how many people think that's impossible right now? If we're being honest, how many people would say that is impossible? Because I know that this little angel is two years old, three years old, whatever, 50 years old, really I do love that with all my heart. I do. And that just seems ridiculous. And it is if you try and change you. And that's what the rich young ruler is all about again. How hard it is for a man, a wealthy man, to get into the kingdom? Wealthy of spirit, ultimately. Spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom. See, it's a heart shift through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's an authentic work that brings you into this realm where you can say, Lord, I truly now love you with everything I have because I've given what was in my heart over. I don't understand this necessarily physically in my mind, but I trust in you. I step out into the unknown zone. I'm going to demonstrate trust because this is a mystery to me right now. But you know what? You've been revealed to me to a measure, so I'm trusting in that. And I'm going to move into this mystery for my reality to change where a genuine work through the power of the Holy Spirit is done in my heart and I've been separated from one reality and brought into another. Amen. You know what that does? The life within you, no one can rob and no one can touch and it's there forever. No circumstance or situation comes that robs it. It stands up and says, whatever Boom, I'm overcoming that. Not through my own strength, through the power of the Spirit, of the genuine work of the Holy Spirit that's been done within me. So I don't have to quote ABC, I just walk straight in. 
Why? Because I'm living by faith. Faith is having done a work. God's done a work in me that I live from it. Can you hear what I'm saying? Twelve men went into the promised land, didn't they? How many came out with the good report? Two. Why? Because the other ten were scrambling, trying to pull their pants up. They didn't have their armor on. I don't mean verbally. I mean literally in them. So they're freaking out. And the other two, the other two are going, "Mate, you're in some serious trouble." Because we know God has given us that land you're in, and all that fruit. <laughs> it's ours today. So we're not. What are you? What are you doing? The other ten. Come on. No, they can't. Why? Because the other two are living from a realm. You live from rest. You live from faith. Not scrambling, hoping it's going to come in. You're living from it. Jesus lived his life from this reality. It's challenging, isn't it? Because most of us haven't heard this. We've heard you grab it, snatch it, claim it, try and go anywhere for it. But you know what? We genuinely know we're not in it. We genuinely know. Genuinely can sound. We keep leading people down processes and yet 15 years have gone by and I'm still not in this thing that someone promised me I'd be in. I must be a failure. No. No, but we have to start here and realize and give Him what is truly there. And He's been coming for four and a half years and He's been putting His finger on things. The place isn't quite as full as what it used to be. There's a reason why. It might all be gone next week. I'm free of it. I really care, but I don't carry it. So, Lord, just do what you're doing. Because I'm not defined. We're not defined by whether you come or go. Love you to come and go, but if we all left tomorrow, oh well, God's done his thing. What are we going to do now? That's my true state of heart. In fact, I actually, you gave me a choice. (laughs) God gets his hand on you. You can't run anywhere. And he's been coming and coming and love and it's love because he has love for us. He has a dimension for us. But like I said, if we've been trying to understand this here, mate, you'll, you'll be in New Plymouth when we should have gone to Napier. And you'd be wondering why, oh, what's going on? But once again, it is for us. What biblical attributes or characteristics would be present in our hearts through an MRI scan. I'm going to list some things, okay? So remember, we've gone into an MRI scan. What do we love? That's come out. What's present? Love or law? When I mean the law, I mean someone who's constantly self-righteous pulling people down. Yeah, yeah, You look at someone who lives a lifestyle that we would say from a biblical perspective isn't aligned to his. But what's your heartbeat on that? Oh, they just disgust me. Wow, what's that saying about your heart? What's that saying about what's truly there? Because the person that I love and follow and worship hung out with these people to demonstrate something because that's probably how everyone else had treated them. See, is what's greater in you greater than what's on the outside? So love or law, humility or pride, softness or hardness, faith or fear, belief or unbelief, truth or our version of truth, righteousness or self-righteousness, rest or busyness, active or passive, thirsty or dry, sight or blindness, 
hearing or deafness, his understanding or our own understanding. I know this is quite meaty. I know it's quite in your face a little bit. And Jesus was all those things. Just write these. I'm going to give you what I would consider to be a spirit-led process on how you go from one to another by the Spirit. They're not through your own ways, but there is a process that you can follow. And once again, God... I'm going to give you this in an order, but how many people know God is outside of an order? He'll just mess the order up for a laugh. But there is an order as well. So the first thing we must do is recognize. We must be humble enough to truly recognize what's truly there. If you'll never recognize it, guess what? You won't. You won't certainly start to acknowledge it because you don't know what you're acknowledging. So you have to recognize that there is something in there. And sometimes we might not even know. And there may be nothing there, which is fine. Okay, So there may be nothing there, but there might be. Is there a consistent behavioral pattern that you seem to continue to be living out? Then there's something there. Are people telling you the same thing? There's possibly something there. There might not be, but there could be. You see, until the Holy Spirit revealed to my mum, my mum didn't actually realise that she was loving my dad, Alan, with all her heart, soul, mind, strength, not her Lord. Now, she heard a word. So she's plugged into what's happening here, and she's hearing what's being spoken. So she's meditating on what's being listening to on Sunday, she goes over it and then she engages. So she's engaged in the process. Okay, she's engaging in the process. And as she engages in the process, the Holy Spirit says, I can work with this. I can work with your engagement now. And so he activates something through a living word that's communicated, which reveals to her conviction in her heart. 1 Thessalonians 1, 5-9, to when you read that, these people heard the gospel in word, power, Holy Spirit, full conviction, which meant they let go of their idols and started following him. That's a pretty powerful word to hear, isn't it? To let go of your idols, the things in your heart, now stop. Why? Because a powerful work of the Holy Spirit within your heart reveals it to you. So recognition. After recognition, you have to acknowledge it. Believe in your heart and confess with a mouth. So you can recognize it. Will you actually acknowledge yes? This is not me in the fullness because I'm a new creation, but this is still the old nature manifesting. Okay, So I have to acknowledge that this thing is still operating. Whatever it is, could be a hurt. Could be something that happened to you years ago and it's got entangled in something. But every time someone comes and pushes a button or a circumstance or a situation comes up, it just comes flying out of me. So it is not the new creation you are, but it's still operating and it needs to be worked on by the power of the Holy Spirit and uprooted. Are you tracking with me? But if you won't 
actually acknowledge? See, a lot of people do this. That's not me. That's not me. It's your fault. This is the good one. A blame. No, you did that. No, no. Will you acknowledge? Or the greatest is I try and justify my behavior away. Because if I can justify it away and make it about person A, B, C or the situation, I never have to deal with it. So I justify it away. It's the wrong type of justification. So if we have the courage and the boldness to start seeking, asking, knocking and say the things here or the things that are, recognize them, acknowledge them, then the Bible says repent of them. Turn to me. Turn away. You've, 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 you're through the process. Well done. You've recognized it. You've, you've got the faith and the courage to acknowledge your true position, your true state. Then you turn to me and say, Lord, I don't want this to be. I don't want to love Madeline and Lily more than you. I can't do this work. I can't literally take a pill that does the work. It has to be a work where you put more of you in me as I turn and repent towards you because I want the fullness of life that's found in you. And I have to do that with faith. It's not just some, oh yeah, oh yeah, okay, recognize it, yeah, I acknowledge it, yeah, okay, turn to you, yeah, okay, feel me, okay, yeah. Oh, it didn't happen? Okay. See you later. That didn't work. It's a whatever it takes. Waiting on the Lord. Not on you, on the Lord. So what have we done? We've, we've recognized, we acknowledge, we turn with a heart conviction of faith. Through this process, God's starting to work. We're giving him something to work with and then we start asking, seeking and knocking with a persistent heart for him to do a work within us. And then we go, whatever it takes, between that transacts over to here or that to there. So it's not just a, oh, well, did it once. If it happens in once, whoopee, fill your boots. But how long? What's whatever it takes? Whatever it takes. That could be, how long was it before Abraham received the promise of a son? You can tell me. 25 years. How long was it about Moses? How many people know how old Moses was before he actually started ministering in the Lord? <laughs> 80. Whew. Is this a whatever it takes type of waiting? See, are we prepared for that? And the problem is, we live in a culture today where the culture outside of you says you can have anything when you want it like that. But once again, are we disconnected from that culture and connected into a heavenly culture? Because if we're living like that and applying that culture to him, once again, he sits and he goes, you know what? You actually don't have the character or the heart or the maturity yet to handle what you're asking for. And because I love you, if I gave you this, it would destroy you. So once again, I love you, so I'm not giving you what you're asking for. Hence, are we asking in the will of God and praying God's will, or are we just praying our will? 
what we want, our little wish list, because the prayers that get answered are the prayers that are His will. Not your will, His will. So you can pray as much as you want, wondering why nothing's happening, because you're praying your will be done using His name. That's called taking the Lord's name in vain. Once again, isn't it great? We're covered by love. But there's a purpose for that. It's not just, oh, I'm glad I got away with that one. No, no, no. I want you to mature and grow. So there are things in your heart and your thinking that need to be taken away by the power of my Holy Spirit so you're able to grow and mature and I'm able to give you the fullness of what I have. And then ultimately, you know what you do when you're in this maturity? You go and represent Him well. It's called ambassadorship. We've been misrepresenting Him for years. Some are doing a great job and some are doing a sucking job. Does the world... Think the church is known for love. Put your hand up if you do. Think that. We are known for love. Anyone would think that? No. Why? Because our ambassadorship has been pretty terrible. Why is that? Because we've never truly dealt with stuff over here in our hearts and allowed him to do a work in our hearts and come into a fullness and a maturity. And all we're interested in is going on the mission field and reaching lost people. But we really don't know the one that we're actually saying. So we go empty then we misrepresent him because we start saying stuff that we don't know. Is this true? I don't know. The guy the Sunday told me it was. <laughs> and then we have this mindset of judgmentalism and self-righteousness and we wonder why the world looks and goes, you guys are full of it. You're hypocrites. And yet they are hungry for the real Christ. Trust me, they are hungry for the real truth. He says, stop misrepresenting me, Greg. You're doing damage to my name. Now, there's a whole lot of cool stuff happening. But there's some stuff going on. And if we don't deal with the stuff that's truly in us, we will just continue that pattern. And this thing tells me, you know what? It's getting worse as the clock ticks. And more are going to come. And they're going to say ABC to tickle a whole lot of ears that are waiting to hear that version of truth because this version all sounds just too hard. And it is if you're trying to do it in the flesh. That's why it's too hard because your understanding and your heartbeat are going, oh, I have that. I can't. That's right. You know, the greatest place in your life is to arrive where you go, I can't. That's the scariest place though, isn't it? Because you're realizing your limitations and who you truly are, even though you may be a son, you're also just a little wee ant. Can you hear what I'm saying? So we pump sonship. And I go, I love sonship, but am I maturing in the sonship? Or am I actually just saying something? I'm a son of God! but there's nothing in me. You hear what I'm saying? Still true, but is the maturing process where I'm representing as a true son rather than it just being word but no life. 
So yes, technically correct, but God wants this other thing happening within us where we're the demonstration of this realm and I'm a mature son embracing and coming into the fullness of sonship, not just in title but in reality because at some point I gave him my whole heart. Do you know how many kings actually dealt with the high places? 39 kings, do you know how many actually did it all? Two. That's horrifying, isn't it? The odds aren't great. Two out of 39 did exactly what God asked. There were six out of those two, so we've got eight. Six did about 98% of what he asked. But you know what? The 2%, you might as well have done nothing because it'll be the 2% that robs you of the all. Are you tracking with me? What did God say? Love me with all. Not 99% young, rich, young ruler. Not doing the commandments. Not doing this. I want all of you. Then guess what? You get all of me. Now once again, we have all because we've invited him in. Hear what I'm saying? But he wants the reality of that outworking in us. So you and I can come up here on a Sunday and go, you know what? I'm living from rest. What? I'm living from rest. There's a work that's happened in me this week. I've been praying for it for the last five years. It came in this week and today I'm able to come and testify to the body of Christ that I'm in a rest position. And I've been actively, physically busy, busy this whole week. I'm not talking about a holiday on a beach. I'm talking about coming to a realm the Spirit was, which was, was in me has been released and now I'm living from rest. This is just this is one. And we've hoodwinked ourselves, guys. We've hoodwinked ourselves, meaning the church. And we've just basically told everybody it's about ticking a box, getting across the line, waiting for hell, living a good life or an improved life on the old life when there is another spiritual dimension to come into and we've not been there before, I'm talking about in us, in the Spirit, where you are tasting and experiencing a realm of Him which is Christ within you, which is the hope of glory, which you just want more and more and more and you get hungrier and thirstier and hungrier and thirstier and the more you eat, it just seems to fill you but you never get full and it's just, oh, I'm more, and it's just like, man, can I have more of this? And all of a sudden the tally goes off and the sport goes off and this goes off and that goes off and that goes off. Why? Because I'm feeding over here and then God will realign that stuff and reconnect it back if it's His will for you and stuff. But you know what? You're free of it and you're feeding more and you can't get enough and you want to be walking with one of another. I was thinking, how cool it would be to meet every night every night as a discipleship group and get in and pray and sing and then share him imagine the glow on that house you wouldn't need trust power ringing you up at 6.30 in the night you're from trust power, where do you come with Genesis you'd be, you'd be funding your own light source with Christ within why? Because what I'm eating is so living and so alive and it's changing me. And now I give a testimony to it. A living testimony. 
Because I've gone through what? A test. So I'm tested. God, you're testing my heart. Do I have things in my heart that need to be surrendered today? You are testing me. Because why? Because some, I want to give you a testimony. I want to be able to, you to be able to speak of the work I did in you because I loved you so much. So I come and I test you on it. And I can't put my finger on it. And it'll be different for everyone. And there may be someone here going, you know what? I've got nothing. It's awesome. Cool. And his love, like I started, is here to do a work. So let's pray. And I'm going to ask you today to stand if you know that you have got something in your heart or things in your heart that you want to repent of. If you know you've recognized it today and you know you want to acknowledge it and if you want to repent of it and if you want to ask him to fill you and do a work in you, a genuine, authentic work of the Spirit, then I would ask you to stand just with me now and we're just going to pray and you can just say it to him. He is your God. No one else in this room is. He will hear and he will hear and pray from a, a heart of trusting in him. Pray with from the position of faith that you have, from the measure that you have. And be honest and open. You may want to confess it to the person beside you because it says confess with your brother, admit, and then God will come and heal your heart. So you may want to do that. It's up to you. But if this is you this morning, you're with me, let's, all, let's just stand and let's get real with him and say, yep, today is the day that I recognize and I acknowledge it and I turn from it. As I said, next week I'm going to talk about seeing from the heart, seeing the eternal perspective and receiving it, the living conviction of it, not as some super spiritual thing, but the truth of it which changes a person. So Father, we stand before you now. You are here with us. And we stand in your presence. You are in us, around us, and with us. And so Lord, today we, we are bold and courageous to stand and come humbly before the great, the, the, this, this, this throne of grace, knowing that we are loved. Knowing that, that this does not set us back, but it propels us forward. Lord, we are sons and daughters unconditionally cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. And we stand before you today recognizing things in our heart. And we acknowledge today, Father, let's just take 30 seconds to just acknowledge what those things are. And you do it however you want to do it. Father, we turn to you. This might be a bit weird, but just physically turn your body, either to the left or the right, as a, just a, a, a physical gesture of turning. We turn to you, keeping our eyes firmly fixed on you. And Lord, we move forward and we're going to ask and seek and knock for more of you. Whatever those things are, Lord, I pray you would replace them with you. And I pray, Father, you'd be such a tenacity and a persistence that we would be like the woman 
Lord, who, who wanted what she wanted before the judge, and she would just go, and, and she was making an annoyance of her. And he said, I didn't have the fear of God or the fear of man, but because you are being persistent, I'm going to give you what you're looking for. And through that, Lord, you'll see our heart and you'll talk to us about our heart position. So I pray for a pure motive to live for you. We want more of you to live for you, not for us. And so, Lord, as we as this becomes our posture from leaving these doors, not just a one-off thing I did in a service, but this posture, you will fill us with your greater reality of, of your dimension of truth. And the Holy Spirit will bring a conviction and reveal yourself in us and propel us into this realm, Lord. Whereas the realm you promised to the woman in John 4, if you would ask me, then I would give you a wellspring of water. Whoever is thirsty, let them come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me, as the Scripture says, from them will flow a river, rivers of living water. This dimension of the Spirit which is limitless. So Father, we ask, we seek, and we knock. And we say, come in. Come into my heart. As you're standing on the outside of the door and knocking, come in. No matter what it costs, what it takes, come in. And we ask this in the powerful name of Jesus, Yeshua, Yahweh, Lord. The most beautiful person one can ever meet. The most radiant, holy, loving, forgiving, merciful, gentle, humble, any one person and people could long to meet and have living in them. Father, we love you, we want you, and we want to live this out with you and together through the power of your Holy Spirit more and more. So bond and unite us as one with you and one another. So we would be the demonstration of your truth. A people that truly can say that have become one through the powerful work of your spirit and your truth within us. And that is the only way. So I ask this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.